Today I am back with Squadcast, but I swapped one of the company members. This is uh, Zachariah Marino, or Zach, and Rockwell Felder. So you guys are officially the two co-founders of Squadcast, the tool that I used to record. Yes, sir. And thank you so much for having us on again, Eric. This is, uh, I believe, we talk on Squadcast from time to time, but our last interview was in person at a podcast movement in Philly. So uh, stoked to be recording with you on Squadcast. Yeah, so we we love irony here. I'm going to have people who make software where I record conversations and I'll interview them in person. <laughs> We're actually not that great at in-person interviews. We're trying to get better at it, but uh, our superpower, we, we like to focus on remote interviews. So it's good practice for us. Good. You don't leave the house. Yeah, we play to our strengths and uh, we get to talk to more people. Whereas we had to travel to, to get together with you or wait till the next conference, uh, that would be pretty pretty gnarly schedule. Actually, that's a a perfect analogy. A lot of people like to interview in person. Like, I don't know if you noticed Jordan Harbinger has now gone to all in-person interviews. I think he has a good reason because he's doing video too. But I kind of like to interview using your tool because one, I have zero prep time other than opening the app. And as an analogy, I'm a runner, lapsed, but I like running because I don't have to go to the gym. I don't have to go drive to the gym, go work, change, take a shower, all that, all this time, which is overhead by running. I go home, throw some stuff on. I'm out the door. I'm actually doing the workout immediately. So you guys are filling that same role. I don't have a lot of time to fit in an interview, but I don't have to waste any time. Yeah, we feel like we're living in a remote world, Eric. And so, you know, if we're going to work remotely and collaborate remotely, let's make some podcasts remotely. And that's exactly why Squadcast came about is because uh, Zach wanted to create a podcast and, you know, had was going to do it with a remote team and wasn't satisfied with, that, with what's out there. So started scratching his own itch and poof, here we are. Now, this is a typical story of the entrepreneur, right? Because you wanted to not only start a podcast, but you wanted to start an audio drama. Yeah, that's right. They're super interesting to me, and I'm a huge science fiction nerd. So, of course, you know, let's start with the top of the mountain, and let's make the hardest possible type of podcast that there is and the most work involved. So, shout out to all the audio drama people out there. They work their asses off. (laughs) Um, And I now know that, you know, what's involved there, but... I, I still think maybe doing a, a software startup is probably a little bit more work than doing an audio drama, but a respect to the community. And yeah, that's that's where it came from, was wanting to do a creative side project that wasn't involving writing software. And what do you know, it turned into probably writing the, the biggest app that I've ever worked on. And it's an honor to have that opportunity to help. At the time, we were trying to solve our own problem, but we quickly realized through uh, collaborating with the community at podcast movement and the meetups that this was an opportunity to help others as well. So we've been living that dream ever since. Well, ironically, if you weren't trying to do an audio drama, if you were just doing interviews like me, you'd be on Skype. We looked up what folks like you and OG podcasters uh, were saying is the best solution. And we, we were trying that. And it was, yeah, the quality bottleneck was was pretty high and got in our way for the quality that we wanted. So it, I think of it as that, like you mentioned, but also my brother Vince, who was on in our last interview, mm-hmm. I look at it as like his quality standard 
that was unmet by those other solutions that ultimately was the constraint that was probably like, yeah, this is not up to snuff. Like, let's either throw in the towel or, and we did that for about a week and then it came around and was like, no, I think we can, we can try to have our cake and eat it too. We'll see what's possible with modern stuff. Let's build something from the ground up and see what happens. And that's, uh, that's squad gas. Yeah. But that's kind of awesome in a way. I mean, what I'm saying is because you tackled something that was so difficult where sound fidelity is so important. And our ears are so sensitive. That's another one where it's like, you know, it's a little, it's probably the least forgiving sense that you can try to fool a listener into thinking you're uh, two people in the same room. It's a, it's a high bar. I can think of some smells that would disturb a little bit more than some sounds, but that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's rock piping in with something impactful. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> but no, that, that is a great bar and we can get close to it. Sadly, you know, I can't get to ship every guest a microphone. So like with you guys, yeah, we sound like we're in the same room and we definitely are in three different locations. But when I'm interviewing three authors and they're coming through their laptop microphone and one's in a hotel room and Montana, it's yeah, the it's environment and the mic become the bottleneck once you get the 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 software and um dialed in so we have some ideas there though you know the fuck the folks at uh mike reynolds.com uh steven aruda i think we had lunch with him when we were at philly yep I'm so there. yeah we have we have some interesting ideas around that maybe make it a little bit easier but yeah the the microphone situation is definitely an opportunity for improvement environment is another opportunity for improvement and uh yeah, we're not we're not rolling any of those things out. We want to continue to improve the quality. Of course, um, I always have to do the feature ask, so I'll throw one out there publicly. Please. How about you guys throw a gate in? A uh, noise gate? A gate. A noise gate and mitigate a lot of problems right off the top. And if you had one, even if it was just a click on, click off, because we may not want to deal with what frequencies, just pick the popular frequency. We can have the guest talk, hit the button. Does that sound any better? Hmm. And then just go on and off. Keep talking. Okay, yeah, cool. And then that gate may help mitigate some of the extra reverb and, and things like that. Yeah. So like collaborative sound check or something like that to to make sure the guest is is coming in, right? Yeah, yeah. Or even like an EQ with a low cut or you know, there are some things that you can do. Like I know that um I can take a laptop mic or a phone sometimes and just put pump up a little bit of the bass, not the you know deepest bass. I'm no sound engineer, but kind of um, a higher bass, if that makes sense. Okay. And it warms it. So I'll pull the mids out a little bit, the bass up a little bit. It just kind of warms it slightly because the laptop microphone has that. I'm in the bathroom. I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> I don't know if you intended to do this, Eric, but I'm glad we're doing this live uh, on your show because this is, you know, this is how Squadcast was built, man. We we get on Squadcast with our customers, with our partners, you know, with whoever, and and listen and learn and and you know make sure that what we're building is is working in you know up to standards that is beneficial to podcasting, you know, at large. So, you know, this is what we do, guys. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And the podcasting community is pretty good about um, sharing. Yeah, we're pretty, ben we're definitely blessed to be in with a bunch of people that love to talk. 
<laughs> yeah, we just okay. got to be good at listening. And actually, you know, uh, Jeremy Jeremy Slate uh, was sending me a service that's kind of a it's an API that is like some kind of AI that you pipe a VoIP connection through, and it it sucks out all of the background noise. Ooh. And he said he was uh, he had tested it. It kind of ships in the form of a Chrome extension currently. Mm-hmm. And you can run any VoIP connection. It's basically like a, a virtual microphone that is mm-hmm. um, an AI uh, background noise reduction um, neural net. So it's a, but they have it as a service as well. They have an API for it. So he was like, oh, wouldn't that be great if you just wired that in uh, to Squadcast? So that is something that, that we're looking into. So I think, uh, yeah, that's along the lines of your idea as well. Cool. And you guys need to, I've been harping on you about having a booking system built into it. But um, another thing you could do, I think you already have a relationship with Brandon, that's Brandon Hall. Oh, yeah. Of Hello, Cast. Hello, Cast. Hello. Maybe you guys can work something together with the little API communication. Yeah, Brandon's a cool dude. So we're definitely up for it. Uh, I believe him and Zach have been collaborating on or, you know, in talks about it. Yeah, because you know, like show notes that could tie in with that, that would tie in while I'm recording in this session. You know, th- there's a lot of overlap, and you guys are so deep in the technical and getting my iOS app out that you don't have time for these other features. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's also there's also video recording. I think that's probably the number one feature request that comes along, which is very exciting because that was nowhere in you know, our, our view of the roadmap and things as we saw it very early on. So that one is directly from listening to the podcast community and more so the multicast approach that a lot of podcasters use to help promote. And we have video for the conversation to help with body language and eye contact. So it's not that far of a stretch to say, well, you're capturing audio. Like we've learned a lot of hard things about how to move around and capture this audio and capture it at a very high quality and separate tracks and all of those things to set you up for, for success in post-production. Wouldn't that benefit video as well? So it turns out the, the video creation community uh, has a similar challenge with remote interviews and working remotely and all of those things. And they have mm-hmm. a similar set of tools at their disposal with like the traditional players who I'll, I'll leave out for now. They're using them and subject to their quality standards. So um, yeah, that's, I think, what is in the nearer term. We're recording this on V2, which is not available to the public yet. So hey. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. So, so V3 is, uh, is on track for, for adding that video recording. And, um, and then, yeah, maybe some of these other little, little smaller enhancements with like the noise gate and the background noise reduction. Maybe those are in the cards in between. We'll see. Yeah. I have a feeling that Vince could probably help tweak or come up with a couple ideas and say, well, just do it to this level or whatever. You could, you could even break it down now that I think about it and say male, female. Hmm. And you just as a baseline timbre. Yeah. Vinny's the guy you, you got to talk to, Eric. That's the guy you convince. You convince him and then Zach will do it. That's that's how this thing works. <laughs> uh, not this my show. I, if it was on your show, I'd be like, yeah, well, he'll know because he's got to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's the sound guy. You know, this is what, like Zach said, you know, it's, it's Vince's standards uh, as far as uh, the audio quality. So. You know, we're super lucky to have someone like that on our on our team. And but that's the man to talk to if you want audio related uh, feature requests, because if he wants them, then they'll get in there. <laughs> so, OK, so 
looking at the team breakdown, you have uh, Zach, who's the developer, Vince, who's the audio engineer, obvious places for him, and Rock. Yeah. Are you the adult in the room or? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's uh, I get to do some of the unfun stuff like, uh, you know, keep the books tidy and, and you know, do the, all the financial forecasting, projecting, record keeping. But yeah, I try to do a lot more of the sales stuff too. Uh, that's always something I've been been interested in and Squadcast, you know, given that Zach has to, you know, be on the development side, that's where his time is, is best spent, especially right. right now. And, you know, he's, he's great at sales too, but it's really pushed me to, to be better at sales or more. It's just uh, out of my comfort zone, I should say with, with sales and stuff and really embrace that role. So I've been having fun, you know, just meeting so many people, talking to so many people, learning from so many people about what they need for podcasting, what they want to do with their podcast, what they're already doing with their podcast. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And a lot of those people we, we have, thankfully because of you, you know, so many people we have have come on the unstructured show and then they they check us out so shout out to all those people oh especially now i guess i get i'm showing off the new tool (laughs) i took some screenshots earlier so uh we'll have some cool stuff to share but you know we've been sharing we've been sharing some of the new stuff in in our facebook group our private facebook group but we're about to start broadening that and getting more getting more hype building around uh the launch so our launch target is uh is july 22nd that is that is when we'll be rolling out and um we like we just did our you know our v1 launch in january and we did uh we did three launches in three weeks we haven't we have an episode by that title on between two mics i remember and in that one we let we did a, a podcast community launch and uh, that was one week. And then the second week, we did kind of a tech industry launch, and we did product hunt and a few other things there. And then the third week, we launched our podcast, Between Two Mics. So that was an interesting month and a lot a lot baked in there, a lot of prep work uh, coming to life that month. So we'll be doing something similar this time around. We'll be doing the community launch starting on the 22nd. And then uh, the following week, we'll be doing uh, another product hunt launch, the tech launch. When is podcast movement? It's uh, mid-August, I believe, like. Okay, so you're kind of rolling into podcast movement, getting the V2 out, and yes, you were missing three weeks. Yes, sir. And yeah, the the last time we launched something at Podcast Movement was a little bit was probably the most painful experience in this whole journey. Full transparency, uh, it was our first attempt at rolling out our progressive upload auto save technology. There was some. There were some issues there. But yeah, that was a little bit little bit painful. But yeah, we're giving ourselves plenty of margin to launch that in advance of podcast movement and also plenty of uh, time for testing in advance, which is why folks like yourself and our other friends in the community are super, super valuable relationships to, to have because you can, your power users, you can help us test it. And uh, that's why we're in here with you today, as well as to, you know, catch up with old friends and, you know, uh, talk a little bit about some inside baseball in our industry. It's fun stuff. I'm curious, and I think a lot of people might wonder about this too. You guys have to run a company, mm. but you have to promote the company. You, Zach, you're you're really in the code. You're developing now. I, I'm um, nowhere near on your level. I'm just a you know, web programmer, but I have to kind of just shut off the world mm. and or focus on what I'm doing. You're having to go pitch, talk to people, and that. How do you break down your day? We'll start with you. 
to where do you have windows where you say, okay, I'm coding from four to six, no phones, no anything else. I wish it were that segmented. Like I, uh, that's interesting timing. You just, uh, I just got a notification saying I'm supposed to work on V2 at 415. So <laughs> I, I, it's more aspirational. I, I carve out chunks of time, but stuff does come up. I'm CEO. So problems come up. I got to deal with them. That's totally cool and part of the job. So. I have a great team. So they they help quite a lot give me some space to be able to to go deep on some of these more technical technical kind of investments that we make. But yeah, it it has uh I it has forced me to grow in really interesting ways where like you said, you know, um uh, a day will be talking to some advisors, uh some investors, talking to them about advice, how to how do we continue to grow and be a healthy business because we're not a uh we're not a venture funded startup. We are a we are a bootstrap company. That's why Rock's work is paramount to our existence and our survival because we don't have the luxury of subsidizing our business until we figure it out. Um, we need to figure it out before and uh, and be solid in, in that. So having the team support me in those ways opens up windows of time where I'm able to make significant contributions. I've also become a much develop, better developer through this whole process. And it's, it's kind of out of necessity. It's like, okay, we need to write really good, really tight code, and we need to do it fast because I don't have, uh, I don't have the luxury of endless amounts of time to be able to, uh, to, um, you know, take my time with figuring these things out. I mean, sometimes, you know, depending on what it is, like progressive upload is a great example. I think it was like 12 or 13 attempts before we got it right. The team was super patient. Our community was super patient. We talk about these things. We do the best we can to be transparent and talk about what we're working on. And um, that's how we get feedback before we roll stuff out. But it, it's a very interesting question that you ask. And I, I ask myself that. Oh, Rock, it's that kind of what you're trying to do is sort of step up, not exactly be the face of it, but be a present face. Yeah, I try to really just take, you know, whatever we need to do that Zach doesn't need to do that I am capable of doing. So even if maybe I'm not the perfect person to do it, Zach's a talented dude. You know, he's a he's talented developer, but he's also went to art school. So he's got like a, you know, he's very artistic and creative. And that's a huge reason why we're here. But thankfully, we have a designer and Alex who's able to take some of that stuff off his plate. So I try to take, in addition to a lot of the business stuff, just, you know, taking a lot of these practice session demos or just following up with, with customers for any reason, good, bad, whatever, just trying to be out there. So, you know, whether it's, I don't think it's necessarily trying to be the face, but just definitely trying to be uh, the contact who's, uh, you know, making the, making those sticky, those relationships, uh, sticky. And to, to answer your question though, Eric, about like time, I think it's definitely a work in progress. You know, Zach and I have been doing this full time for a year now. We were, you know, working day jobs and for about two years. Well, Okay, timeline's a little messed up, but for for all intents and purposes, it's two years that we were, did this before we made the jump to working full time. Write your origin story and get us straight. Yeah, no. yeah, it's been a year now, uh, and I'm supposed to be the guy, who, the numbers guy, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so, so you know, it, it's still something that we're we're working on and learning, but I think. Um, What's been effective for us is if we're going to do a day like today, uh, we'll have like media days. So we'll do a lot of podcast interviews, whether it's our show or other people's shows, or we're shooting like videos and stuff. We'll try to get that all. If we're, if we, if the schedule starts lining up, like, okay, this looks like a good day to have a media day because so and so wants a podcast this day. Let's try to get the other 
interview that we're going to do that day as well. And, and, or we'll have like a day full of meetings with advisors or, um, you know, partners and stuff like that, like Zach said. So we'll just line them all up on, on a day. And it's not necessarily ideal because Lord knows we're freaking wiped <laughs> usually by the end of days like that. Cause it's, and then a lot we're going to jujitsu. And yeah. And then we go to, you know, we got it. Yep. Yep. We could talk about that. Um, so, and then, but so like, but then there are those days where I say, okay, Zach, or we both say to each other, really, like, let's not talk to each other th- today, like, you know, unless it's like completely pertinent. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll catch up, you know, when we, ha- we talk to each other on, on, on Tuesday or whatever, which is the media day, or, you know, we'll have uh, work sessions together where him and I are like really working through these like st- strategy or vision plans and need to get on the same page so that when we are working on things separately, that it is still as if it's, one team doing it all um, like conferences and things of that sort. Exactly. Yeah, roadmap. Um, yeah. Goal setting. Like, um, you know, I, like I said, um, you know, rock, rock handles uh, a lot of aspects of the business, but, but I am still CEO. So it's, uh, it's more so like, all right, what decisions we, we have, you know, lists of decisions that we need to make. We'll go through those, make those decisions, make sure the business is healthy, like get a progress update uh, from the team. Talk about like, you know, timeline for like hiring some new folks, which is something that's very, very exciting to, to be in a position to start to do um, so that we can move faster. So it's um, yeah, it's really, um, it could be definitely more efficient and, and and tighter, but I think we are getting better. Like Rock said, stacking and batching and intentionally setting aside time for for him to do the deep work that he needs to do, for me to do the deep work that I need to do, and then the filling in the gaps in between that is nights and weekends, uncomfortable times when most people aren't working. And my wife is an unsung member of our team who is very empowering for all of these things as well. So. She uh, she gives me the space to to do some of that stuff, or you know, I I hang out with her, wait for her to fall asleep, and then it's 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 beast mode time until you know two or three a.m. or whatever it is, and and then jujitsu is the other facet that has been a recent addition for me. At least rocks uh, rocks been a practitioner for longer than I am, but that's actually been great for energy and you know balance and all of those things. So we still got to stay human with all of this, and that's a that's a big part for me. Are you focusing on your development and documenting as you go so you can work yourself out of a job? Yes, absolutely. And we do that not just as the developer role, but also like, you know, we're, we're answering support messages as well. We're, we're working with folks and we have gotten much better at, I don't know if I like the term, you know, standard operating procedures or whatever. That sounds super rigid to me, but we got to get these things out of our head and make it so that it's doable by other people. We just, uh, we document things as we go. And then therefore, uh, at some point that doc can transcend us doing it and be good enough for somebody else to do it. That is true for uh, everybody on our team. So that's something that's probably been, you know, something, a lesson we've been learning in the last year or so is like, if you see yourself hiring, uh, growing our production side of things or our support side of things, that needs to be documented before we can even be close to, to making a hire there. So it's like a prerequisite that we put in place. And that that's a good incentive. Excellent. Now, while we're rolling into the future, let's talk about V2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See here, I'm very sad to not see it on iOS though. Hmm. Me too. Yeah. Hey, it, you got to go there, bro. Let's <laughs> talk about what's what's amazing. 
So talk about iOS stuff right. too. Yeah. So let's paint the full picture here. We are broadening support um, on desktop, which traditionally for V1 and beta before that were um, were just limited to Chrome intentionally because we wanted to build uh, a rock solid uh, solution for recording studio quality remote interviews um, from anywhere in the world. So we chose to limit our support down to one platform. So that way we can focus on, you know, the nuances within, excuse me, within that, without adding the variability of... Weren't you on the Chrome development team at Google for a minute? (laughs) Um, So, so I did. (laughs) uh, Yes. And I I did my internship on the Chrome team and the Eclipse open source project, um, which is a developer IDE environment for like Java developers and stuff. Uh, I did a collaboration between Eclipse and the Chrome team to make developer, uh, collaborative developer tooling. Uh, so you could imagine doing like real time pair programming um, in one development environment. That's ultimately what we were uh, trying to achieve, and and we did achieve. Right. It was a three month internship. A familiarity though with Chrome, so it makes sense that you would choose that as your pilot. And also, Chrome is the most forward leaning implementer of emerging web standards, which uh, uh, many of which Squadcast is dependent on. So a lot of the you know. Uh, WebRTC technology, uh, WebSockets, like anything that empowers real-time collaboration and also empowering a lot of the, you know, access to the equipment and robust permission model and all of those things. Uh, I was familiar with a lot of the underlying technology in Chrome that uh, Squadcast now uses to uh, to provide the experience that we do. And, and in addition to that, that's the client side, that's the browser side. I also got a lot of exposure to what's possible with uh, the Google Cloud platform uh, on the cloud side of things, and uh, many of which Squadcast uses um, to empower this experience. So it was a it was a great place to start. But the real world is as being a developer, you you got to support uh, the web platform is not just Chrome as much as you know. Oh, sure. People, some people may like it to be. It's not. Firefox is. I'm I'm a big fan of open source in general. Chrome and Google are huge contributors to open source, but they're not the full picture. So Firefox is an amazing browser. There's amazing people. I have friends who work on Firefox on their developer tooling, and there's a lot of collaboration and great things. So Firefox is right there with Google in implementing these same forward-leaning standards. And the third piece of this is it's not just Chrome, it's not just Firefox, right? It's the, the third is uh, is Safari and Apple. So Safari is the new Internet Explorer for in, in lots of ways because they are, <laughs> out of the three, they're kind of the laggard in implementing these web standards that empower us to do cool things like use the camera, use the microphone, record the audio. Ironic because Chrome essentially is based on WebKit, which came out of Safari originally. Um, it was up until uh, a few years ago. And then they they forked, they forked and went to uh, Blink, is what they call in, uh, the rendering engine. But they share a JavaScript compiler uh, in uh, V8. And uh, there's a few other things, pieces that they share, they get a lot of benefits from. And then you add Edge into the mix. And now the new Edge is going to be using uh, Chromium under the hood, and then Opera is the other one, and Opera is basically Chrome under the hood. That's the oh. cool thing with open source, is they can all benefit from each other. So you're compatible now with all the browsers on the desktop? Um, with the exception of Safari, because uh, of one, one, standard, uh, one standard web standard 
that Safari does not yet implement uh, is ne- necessary for uh, is a requirement for Squadcast to operate. I'm told that that's coming online fairly soon here. So um, as is the iOS browser stories. Happy to unpack that a little bit, but just to kind of do a full lap around it, we're going from Chrome on desktop to mm-hmm. Chrome and Firefox and all of the Chromium variations that I mentioned, Opera, Brave, all these other ones. Uh, those all work fine with Squadcast on desktop. On desktop, it's basically everything except for Safari. On mobile, it's Android with Firefox and Chrome. iOS mm-hmm. is the which Android is the market share. So that's a big that's a big chunk of mobile, but as we know, people love their iPhones and they're very popular and they're great devices. So they have great microphones, they have great cameras, all of those things that it should empower, you know, a, a great remote recording experience. But there's some platform limitations that are kind of uh, holding us up, I'll say, and are coming <laughs> online later this year. So uh, I can go as deep into that as you'd like me to go. Well, you have an app developer on staff now, right? Like a, a native app developer? Yeah. No, no. It's still me. We're, we're working on hiring an additional full stack web developer because we, we, we've bet big on the web platform as our, as our platform here. But we, we will build native apps if we need to. But so far, we, we've not needed to. There is kind of a light at the end of the tunnel there soon for, for the iOS story. And a lot of these missing web standards on iOS are being implemented right now by the Safari team on, on iOS as part of iOS 13 which 12, 12 okay. is the current and 13 is on deck. It's in beta right now. So we're testing this as we go. But the iOS 13 is on deck for the September, October timeframe. So we'll be riding that wave and Squadcast will just work once they empower these standards to to be supported. Squadcast will just start working beyond that. So we'll just remove our flag. That So it'll work right now in Chrome on the beta iOS? We're uh, we're testing it. The, the problem is, is that the iOS 13 beta is super buggy and not just because of this stuff it's just it's just i don't know why it's it's pretty gnarly so we still have yet to get it to work on uh on our ios 13 beta but but apparently that's kind of normal a lot of the chromium developers are following this on twitter as well the chromium team is helping the safari team implement these standards and kind of congratulating them along the way but just to put this in context, these standards are agreed upon and lobbied for by Apple. They're on these standards bodies. And these are not new standards. These are 10-year-old standards that Apple has never implemented on iOS or even on Safari on the desktop. So Apple is super far behind on technology that they're a part of. Well, that's like uh, episode numbers mm-hmm. and the quote iTunes title tag, which they put out saying, we want people to have this special tag for the episode numbers and we'll implement it in two and a half years. Yeah. I mean, they kind of move at their own pace and they've, they've, uh, they have that luxury. Um, in this case, I'm glad there's at least a light at the end of the tunnel. We're not talking like a lot of web standards. It's like, well, they've committed to implementing it, but we don't know when it will land. And there's just no commitment date. At least this one, they have committed to a date and it's, it's in the near term. So I'm not, fully stoked to be launching um, V2 just on Android, but we'll be ready when Apple's ready. Well, I'm hoping that like beta four or something, I might be able to try it in an iPad. Yeah, it's the beta one right now. And I think a lot of it's a lot. There's a lot of mess going on because they're they forked iOS for like phone OS and iPad OS. They, they're in the process of forking that for iOS 13. And I think that's why there's a lot more bugs than there normally would be to get those things right. So we're tracking it closely. And like I said, we'll we'll be there um, as soon as they'll let us and empower our, our process. So same goes with Safari on the desktop. There's no reason 
that shouldn't work. We've built it in a way where we can take full advantage of those technologies once they enable them. See, now, Rock, we can close out on a high note. Let's talk about what's great in V2. Mm, thank you, Eric. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. You've you've had access to it since I think last night at like 11 p.m. I sent a PST. I, I sent this your way. So you've had a little bit of time to poke around on it. What do you what do you think so far? I like the look and everything. I haven't gone deep into it. I'm still kind of sniffing around, P- poking, and poking around, seeing what breaks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, my favorite part is uh, the fact that we have full video. I know that young Jordan Paris is going to be delighted. Yes, I have find out yet if I can resize these myself or like shrink myself and increase you guys or how that works. Not uh not quite yet. We've uh we we have one layout by default and it kind of if it's two people then it's 50/50, if it's three people then it's like this uh this layout that we're in where one person is 50 and then the other two kind of are splitting the other 50 and then the the 2 by 2 layout if there's four people in a session. So yeah, I I like the video that I can actually, you know, See it full. I feel like there's a, a lot of wasted space before mm-hmm. uh, with just the little portals. Now it was flattering for me because I don't like looking at myself, but <laughs> yeah. And there was some logic for why it was the way it was, or it, it is the way it is, I should say, in V1. But yeah, I think it's a nicer design where we're doubling down or, you know, on the video, uh, getting ready for the future. Like I was saying, adding video recording. So, it makes sense to feature the video. It's also a pretty big differentiator between us and our competitors to have video and eye contact and body language. All of those things are huge pieces of communication. So it really helps balance the conversation. If you're on a phone call, you don't know necessarily when people are going to be done speaking because you can't see them. You don't know, you know, those transitions are a little bit more awkward and people talk over each other a little bit more because you can't see who's like teeing up to speak, but you can on Squadcast. So I think, yeah, having the larger videos a is a big thing there. How are you guys mitigating bandwidth issues? Do you have it to where the video will degrade first? Because I I have had a couple interviews, and I'm not blaming you guys. It's just the you know the way of things, especially with Wi-Fi. Mm. People who are on Wi-Fi, there seem to be very real problems getting out. Now I know they're being recorded locally, but there are times that I'm just kind of looking and saying, oh, "Are they done talking yet?" I hope I'm not interrupting, and I don't even know what the interview is until afterward. Mm which is a fun tap dance. How how are you guys um, dealing with that for the uh, bandwidth? Yeah, there's kind of two things happening at once. There's the conversation and then there's the recording. So the conversation, Mm -hmm. the quality will vary uh, depending on the person's connection. We always recommend a wired connection, but I don't even take my own advice on that. And I don't think you do either, Rock. So it's... um, Hey. Yeah, I'm just saying. (laughs) But I'm also spoiled that I have a pretty solid internet connection. And so the the quality of the audio and the video conversation will vary just like you you would on a YouTube video. It, it kind of is this variable quality depending on if you're going through like a tunnel or if you're connected to Wi-Fi, you'll get like 4K video versus like being out on the cell network, you might get like a 720 or something like that. So you yeah, you might see the video quality degrade or the audio quality degrade in the conversation, but that's not what we're recording. We're recording locally, like you said, and we do prioritize the upload of that audio and capture of that audio over the, the video. But an interesting tidbit is that making the video larger in V2 is does not actually use more bandwidth than it does in V1. It's just visually larger. We could have always made the video larger. It was just some design choices uh, at the time that had us, you know, prioritizing 
audio, we didn't think video would be that big of a deal to people, but we were wrong about that. And we listened. So we learned that pretty quickly and was like, all right, well, it looks pretty rad when you maximize the video. So let's, uh, let's take advantage of that and, and, uh, double down on video. And it, it does make a, a big difference. It's a, a much wider plane to see. And it works better on mobile as well. If you, if you shrink the width of your browser down, you'll, you'll see what that experience looks like. And it's all fluid and, and, uh, you can see everybody together. If you're on Android. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on desktop, you can see it too. If you uh, if you shrink it, if you grab one of the edges, I'll, I'll do it now. So it, it looks pretty cool. But yep. yeah, Android Android for now, uh, iOS later this year, and, uh, and in more places on desktop. So if you use Firefox, there's a lot of people who are very conscious about Google and Google selling their data and advertising side of things and all of that. And that's totally cool. If you're into that, then Firefox or Brave or something like that will will work in all of those places. Well, I might have to try Firefox again. I, re- I remember a few years ago, it was pretty junky. Mm. Mm. I heard they did a redesign that's much, much, much better. It is. I was just looking into that myself and having built V2 and working in both of them. It's pretty pretty interesting to see how they handle the different stuff, uh, the different microphone permissions and stuff. For some reason on Firefox, they don't default to remembering that you gave permission to your microphone. So unless you click mm-hmm. that box to remember my selection, it'll Squadcast will ask you every time you change your microphone. But there is a box to check there that's just like, remember my permission. And that's cool. Whereas Chrome just remembers it and you just do it the one time and so they they handle these things a little bit differently than one another but yeah oftentimes i'll be testing and my you know my guest uh will be in firefox and my host will be in uh in chrome and we we now have light mode and dark mode uh we added we've always had a dark flavor to our our user interface and in v2 we added the the light mode option which is kind of the opposite of most apps they tend to launch with uh (laughs) with light mode you think of like twitter or something like that they'll have light mode Mm -hmm. and then they'll add dark mode at some point in the future Um, we did that because a lot of audio apps tend to be on the desktop tend to be this darker flavor Uh, any app that people stare at for hours at a time they tend to be more on the darker side of the color spectrum so that's why we chose the darker color palette to start with but the light mode is awesome and it's been growing on me quite a lot so shout out to alex for uh, for putting in the the love and hard work to get that light mode dialed in that's awesome and it's a minor thing what things can do I'm trying to see if I can change it on the fly. Yeah. Ah, oh, let's see. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I actually like Boom. it. Boom. Yeah. And that's for the whole app. Like we have a new dashboard, whereas before we had like a schedule and a library page and like the upcoming episodes were in the schedule and the past episodes were in library where you could access all your recordings. Now they're all in one place. And uh, it's just this, this one big list that's sorted and has different visual cues as to the difference between upcoming episode and past episodes. But you can access them all, access all of your recordings, listen back to them. You can now mix recordings together, which is we've always done the hard work to provide separate tracks for everybody. And in V2, you can now select two three files if you want and then click mix and then a few minutes a few minutes later a mixed version will show up like if we hire somebody to do show notes or something we can just do a, a real quick raw mix down exactly and you'll get a wave in mp3 of those mix our our platform does not have audio drift so we can safely mix tracks together without people speaking over each other or needing to realign that stuff and that's been the case for almost two years now. So we're we're leaning on that capability to, to have no audio drift and adding some of the capabilities that Auphonic, a great service, and our friend George provides is, is one of the services they provide is mixing. So we send them 
two files that are already in the cloud and they mix them together and send back the wave and mp3 of those versions that are that are now mixed are they levelating too we can there's a there's a lot of bells and whistles in the Auphonic box that we can take advantage of but i think we squadcast records everybody at a fixed volume 85 uh, out of 100 that tends to be pretty good unless people have interfaces where they've adjusted them the volume themselves that standard seems to hold pretty true and yeah we we can take more advantage there open to ideas we just wanted to kind of like bring it out see see what people think of it and then we'll we'll continue to add more as somebody who might use Auphonic yeah they're a great service (laughs) no it it is awesome and that's at no extra cost some of the other folks out there they offer Auphonic for a price through their service not on Squadcast so if you want to mix something that's totally cool it's part of the part of what you're paying for on the platform all good with us and uh, that's that's the mixed story we also have a new approach to backups where traditionally if you need a backup recording from from a session then it's a manual process it kind of sends a note over to Vince and he's you know again our audio engineer so he would grab those recordings, QA them, and send them back over to you in like a few a few hours, something like that. That's worked out well, but we want to scale, right? We want to help a lot of more podcasters. Mm-hmm. Unless we just continue to hire Vince's, that's going to be a bottleneck at some point. So we have a new approach to backups, and those are fully automated now. So any session, you can click a Get My Backups button, and we will email you a zip of all of your backup files from the session. Oh, cool. So you can retrieve it. Uh, I have a question. Um, can you tell me about how the reusable session works? Now, I know you have had have that in V1, so everybody can get it right yeah. now. But I've always been tentative in trying it because I don't know... Is it going to separate the files or how do I have to depend on the date to figure out which session is what inside there? Yeah, I think that's one of the downsides of the reusable session or at least something that we can, you know, as an opportunity for improvement. You know, we have our file naming convention, so that helps keep things separate. And like you said, the date timestamp in there, that can help. I know Dave Jackson's a big fan of it. The people who tend to have their own automated scheduling service like Calendly or Acuity, I think is Dave's choice. And those are great services. Like Brittany Felix does the same thing. The reusable session was born out of that workflow where if you want a, if you want a, a guest link to a session, that never expires. That is just, it, it is a session that you can continue to reuse no, no matter who the guest is. And that that reusable session, it, it has no expiration date. So you can't delete it. It's always there. When you create an account, you get, you get it's created for you automatically. And you can choose to use it or not. And uh, the folks who do use it, they tend to use these scheduling services. And that way, their automated email or scheduling platform can give the the link to the guest. And they have confidence that that'll be the same session and work out well. Well, and there's a value to that because technically, when you send the calendar, I, I use one of those services too. Which do you use? Because um, book like a boss. Oh, right so. on. Um, got it at AppSumo for life. Good. <laughs> that That's forever paid for, and I like that. But it does send out a calendar entry. So some of the guests do get confused when they get that. They book, boom, they get an email with the info. Then later on, there's a squadcast session whenever I remember mm-hmm. to do it. I've been thinking that I probably should incorporate the reusable session because then, you know, fire or forget, just show up at that time using that link and we can't go completely wrong. But I just wanted to see how you 
we're breaking it down. Yeah, we could do more to help to help with that. We have a few different ideas, and I love your insights on it. But what uh, I know, I've talked about it with Dave, and what he tends to do is he keeps it pretty clean. So once he downloads the WAV files or the audio files from the session he recorded, he'll delete them from Squadcast, and that way he doesn't oh. end up with like you know, 50 recordings all in that one session. But the naming does help. The the timestamp does help. But it uh, it could be probably, you know, a little bit uh, more organized if, if we did some more there. So let me know. Let me know what you think and we'll make some changes. I'm also wondering if you might be able to connect with some of the people like Book, uh, book Like a Boss or have a partnership. And I'm sure you could set up like an API. If I schedule an appointment with a guest that it just generates a session at that date and time. Yeah off of their workflow. I know they use Zapier. Yeah, that's one of the items that we will we have in our roadmap is to is to do a Zapier integration and that will allow us to plug into all of these services, right? If it's just Google Calendar that you're using or if you're using like a CRM maybe even like Copper or something like that, they have these things built in or Calendly and Acuity, they all have Zapier integrations uh, currently. So, by us doing that one integration opens it up to to lots of things. I think that that's quite a bit um, you know, we use we use Zapier under the hood to do some of the small things that that we do like sending email one-off emails and stuff like that so yeah we'll we'll absolutely go in that route well yeah then that seems like it would almost be a no-brainer to have a zapier i was saying zapier i don't, I don't know say it. yeah it's, it's a made-up word <laughs> you just put in the parameters i guess of name date time and email or whatever Yeah, and there could be multiple triggers uh, multiple actions that you could take so like i think two of the ones that have kind of come up are like yeah scheduled new session or like new recording like if you want to if you want to sync it to like your google drive or your dropbox or something like that when a new when a new file is recorded on squadcast we can automatically kind of like proxy that over to whatever cloud host you're using or whatever i do everything myself but some guests that you have um, have an yeah. editor. So you take the, you know, they go, just go walk up, show up to a session, do the recording. Boom, in the background, you're firing it off to the editor. That that would be an immensely helpful for Yeah, them. yeah. And um, we'll do that in the app as well, where you can send, um, like, if you want to send an entire session's worth of recordings to somebody's email, we could zip that up and and send it to whomever, whether that's you or someone else. And that way you don't have to, like, share your credentials with people or, you know, right now what we do is we have like a, a short link for each one and you can copy those and send them to whomever you like. So, um, yeah, there's a couple of different ways you can, you can do that. Oh, that's a question too. I didn't even know with a short link, can they preview play it on the site? Not yet. Not yet. That's an interesting one. Well, the reason why I bring it up and I brought it up to uh, Brandon as well. So between the two of you guys mm-hmm. race, having the ability, because you may have a guest who wants to have a final approval or they just want to hear what the interview was. So, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with what I said somewhere in the middle. I really want to check it out. You can send them a link to where they could just hmm. hear it and, you know, give the approval or something or just say, oh, yeah, 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 that's good. Or or can you take some stuff out? What have you? It's more common that's than you very think. very interesting. Do you do this now? Like you'll do like a pre-mix and then send them like uh, something to listen to and they'll send back like notes or something like that? Lately, somebody has been helping me on a trial run to do some show notes because I'm terrible. And what I've done is a quick mix down. And now that I thought about it, I was like, well, it'd even be better if it was just sitting right there. And I just say, here, fire the link because I know you do like the on the fly generation, but it's not mixed down. It's two separate tracks, which is weird to hear. If I could just send a link to 
that instead of going to Audacity, dragging the files in real quick, spitting out yeah. a you know, mono MP3. And so you'll out. have the ability to mix in Squadcast V2. That's kind of your quick and dirty mix. And then that will, you can get a short link to that and send like the short link to the MP3, uh, to, to whomever. Yeah. And then, yeah, that, that'll, uh, it's it's a step. I mean, uh, our friends at the hosting companies would very much like us to add um, even more steps beyond this where you can mix down, add an intro, outro, and then hit publish. So any any podcast hosts out there, I would love feedback on that because all the hosting companies have asked us for it, but very few podcast hosts have asked us for that. So uh, I'd very much like to understand, you know, if that would be useful or not. I think you're in. OK, it depends on who it is. You know where that's going to really come into play is V3. And I'll tell you why. Because V3, I may, I'd be doing this interview with you guys on Facebook mm-hmm. Live. Well, everybody saw it. There's nothing for me to cut out because people already saw it. So I don't have to worry about the ums and things like that. We mm-hmm. just did it. So that's a perfect time that I can say, cool, let me go to it, slap on my intro, slap on the tag, spit it out as a podcast for the feed. Now, when I'm doing a, you know, a deliberate concentrated interview, then I'm going to want to go through there. I'm going to probably run it through Isotope. I'm going to try to fix the stupid room noise and things like that because they're on a Yeti and what have you. So I think that's what's happening is that, I mean, you have people, you think Dave Jackson's going to say, just slap it on the end and send it out. No. And that's, that's why we've, uh, <laughs> that's why we've not gone down that road yet, but we added the mixing step as kind of a, a little bit of a test. I mean, people have definitely asked us for a mixed down version of their, their file, but I don't know that, uh, I don't know that that's a logical, a safe logical jump to say because they want a mixed version, they immediately want to publish it. I mean, I get that from the hosting perspective, but from our, from our host perspective, I just, we want more data on it. And that's why, you know, taking this step forward is somewhere in between and we'll see how they use it. And uh, if people tell us they want that, then we can absolutely do that. I totally envision that happening once a video comes in because that workflow will be very, very convenient, especially as you're starting to draw from the video world. So I'd highly recommend you just do it because that could be a selling feature. Hey, you're doing Facebook lives. Don't you want it to be a podcast too? No, I completely agree. That's why we're so excited for the video recording because it just, you know, opens up things that we weren't originally planning for. But so you're, you're, you're thinking about dipping your toes in the video realm when, when that's available, Eric? I kind of feel like I have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of what we're hearing. You know, we talked to Paul Culligan and, you know, saw a nice presentation by him and Pat Flynn at, at, uh, vid summit and you know it was all about how these youtubers should have a podcast to have this whole multicast strategy just use the all the mediums appropriately and just you know be everywhere but also understand that there's different uses and there's different forms of success and different things that you you're trying to achieve there you know the video like the facebook live attention span is much quicker than like a regular youtube video versus a podcast so they all serve different purposes and if used effectively can be extremely powerful. So we're definitely trying to help nudge uh, podcasters, YouTubers, content creators in that direction and, you know, make them sound professional and hopefully have fun. I think that's the other thing that we're, we're trying to do here, especially with V2. That's a jump in that direction. In addition to the quality, like that Zach said, like that's what got us here, the quality, but like, you know, this should also be fun. And it just wasn't enough fun creating a podcast remotely. I mean, in-person has its own benefits and its own problems, but, you know, remotely it's, it's, 
it was just it was too dang hard <laughs> and it wasn't it, and it wasn't fun and it didn't put out enough quality product for all the effort that's put in and and lord knows you know this podcasting thing it, it might look easy to people and and I'm sure you know when when you think of like oh you know the Joe Rogans oh he's just talking that's easy you know but it's really not that easy it takes time effort and we don't want you spending that time trying to figure Squadcast out or trying to figure out audio drift. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> anything you can take out of the mix or anything you can add to make the flow better, we may or may not use it, but if it's there, it's a tool. And some things we may have to grow into. Like I know I've talked to you guys about my desire for a show note mm-hmm. panel. Yeah, I was curious about your show notes. You said that that's something that you you know you need to improve. What are you what are you doing now? Because that's something that we've been wanting to improve in our podcast. I mean, like like I said, you know, it's enough effort just trying to get the dang thing out and promote it the right way. Let alone, you know, and show notes are you know important, but I definitely think it's something that can be easily overlooked. So yeah, what's your current process, and what do you what do you think it needs to go to. Well, I need to have more content. Of course, it's kind of a race because Google's doing the transcriptions and things like that. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm not sure of the value, but currently my thing is essentially do the, uh, do the interview, say, Hey, here's the guest, here's their bio, here's their social. I might say we talked about blah, 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 but not much. The uh, proper show notes would be like, you know, pull quotes from the show that could be used on social later, things like that. I just don't talk I, uh, I have some ideas along these lines that would also possibly help with accessibility, which is something that is kind of uh, near and dear to our hearts. And also podcasting being kind of audio on the web. Internet of audio is kind of the, the term that, that I like to use with that versus like the Internet of Things for people with accessibility who may be vision impaired, right? Podcasts are a huge piece of the web that feels made just for them. So unlocking the creation of that for folks with visual impairment is is paramount for their being able to contribute to the web. So that is something that we uh, we want to help with. And there, there are some interesting ideas there that could fit into the, the transcript and show notes side of the uh, podcast game. So, yeah, we got some ideas along those lines and uh, can run some of those by you. They're a little bit more forward leaning than uh, I'll mention here, but, but off the record, I'd love your input on them. Definitely. We'll be talking. And on that note... To wrap things up, what do you guys have coming up? Yeah, so I mentioned the launch date. That's July the twenty second, and we'll be launching. Uh, we'll be launching V two of Squadcast, as well as a bunch of content around it. So we're we've completely rebuilt and redesigned our our front end site as well. So shout out to Alex on that V two. I I don't think I mentioned, but it's uh, we mentioned it's a full redesign, but it's also a completely rebuilt app. So it's more more forward leaning okay. um, and embraces a lot of uh, web standards that make this possible. Just really excited to, to get it out of testing with our team and our friends and get more feedback on it and continue to improve it. So I think it's been a little bit tough, full transparency. Like you said, it's, it's a small, we're a small team. And for me to be working on V2 is like every minute I'm working on that, I'm not working on V1. So it's been tough to not to kind of resist the urge and go and make V1 better along the way, we we just don't have the bandwidth and capacity to do both. So I'm really, really excited to finally replace V2 or sorry, replace V1 with V2. And then it's all systems go on on V2. So 
I think that's uh, the exciting stuff, as well as going into the second half of the year, community involvement with podcast movement and some of these other events. It's very exciting times to uh, to be in podcasting. So thank you so much for your feedback along the way, Eric. This is, you know, you're very instrumental to, to us getting here. So thank you. And we left out a huge part of V2. I apologize. I'm realizing this now. We're, at, we're adding hourly pricing option, whereas now it's it's only a monthly monthly subscription as an option. That's staying the same. The price is staying the same. So V1 is, is a monthly subscription for $20 a month. And that is staying the same. We're not upping the price on anybody there. Same value, more value in V2. But uh, we're also adding because we know that that doesn't necessarily work for everybody's workflow. If you do some interviews in person, you know, stuff like that, you may want a quality remote solution that isn't a monthly subscription. So uh, we recognize that and we're adding what we call our dabbler pricing option. And that is $5 an hour to record on Squadcast without with the same, you know, setup for guests, same quality, all of those things, but just uh, build hourly. So that is uh, adding... Like, can somebody just bank and, and pay you for five hours and then whenever it runs out, it runs out? Kind of like Authonic. Yeah, we're taking a lot of cues from Authonic and the Lime Scooter app. They all have these similar kind of time wallet approaches. So that's what we, we call ours is a, the dabbler. You get a time wallet and our trial will be uh, three hours of recording, whereas that's, an, that's a change for us. So, uh, so three free recording hours so you can test it out. And then it's, uh, yeah, $5 an hour in, uh, in packages of five hours. So those will last there for as long as you'd like them. And you can record as often as you'd like and, uh, leave your account there without being billed monthly and come back whenever you see fit. I can see some people like Dave Jackson. I could see totally taking up that solution because he does a standalone show where it's him talking most of the time and then he has occasional interviews. Yeah, and that's that's what folks have told us is just like transparency, like people leave, they tell us, "Oh, I love I love the app. I had a great experience. It's awesome. I just don't have another remote interview for like 3 months." So can you pause my account or can we work something out? And we just talked to a lot of those people and it's like, hey, you know, we can do something better. Would you be cool with this instead of a monthly approach? Would you be cool with this price? All of those things were informed by direct uh, feedback from from our hosts and the community. So it's exciting to, to add. We, we, we've always had the monthly and the annual options at $20 and $200 a year. But, but now we have a, an hourly option for the folks who either want to, you know, like I said, dabble with it a little bit or maybe new to podcasting. It's a little bit lower uh, investment to make than a reoccurring monthly subscription. And the unlimited plan isn't going away. So if you find yourself using up those five hours or after the 10th hour or something like that, it may make more sense to, to get that unlimited plan. So we just want to have fit everybody's workflow. And I think that's uh, that's a good fit. Well, fantastic. And hey, guys, thank you so much for coming. Thank up. you. Eric. Thank you, Eric. You've been a friend of ours for since the early days. So it means a lot to you know have your your friendship, your your professional relationship and, and certainly be on your show. It's been it's been awesome to, to grow like in parallel with you and, and uh, nice to have a, a friend in this game, this little thing of ours called podcasting. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please consider subscribing for free. And I mean for free. It is always free. There's no billing, anything else. You can subscribe in your player of choice, which is probably right in your hands. Or you can go to unstructuredpod.com. And there are plenty of links there. Thank you so much. And in the spirit of sharing, here's a couple more shows you may want to check out. Laughter, tears, celebrities, newsmakers. 
anecdotes, and recipes. Wait, I was wrong. They don't do recipes. You can't hear food. <clears throat> Join host Randall Kenneth Jones, a man who is not the original cowboy in the Village People, and announcer Susan C. Bennett, the woman who is the original voice of Siri, every week on Jones.show, a podcast so accessible its name is a web address, www.jones.show. Welcome, everybody, to this promo for my show, Business with Super Joe Pardo, where I break down business lessons week after week after week after week after week. Whether you are new or a seasoned vet at business operations, my show will help you take your business game to the top. Looking forward to meeting you over at superjoepardo.com.